Welcome to Love in the Love Boat, a fond and funny look back on the world's greatest cruise ship-based television show. I'm Ishvan, singer, songwriter, and TV fanatic. And I'm Michelle, pop culture enthusiast. Join us as we relive episodes of one of the most watched TV series of all time. Occasionally deviating to pop culture charts unknown. So come aboard. We're expecting you for another edition of Love in the, the Love Boat. Michelle. Ishvan. I'm just going to get right to it. Okay. What did you make of this episode? Episode, what was it, 39? I liked it. It was A, star-studded. B, had a very satisfying ending for once. I agree with you. And then some. <laughs> because I loved it. <laughs> it was good. I love this episode. <laughs> it is one of my favorites for sure, uh, which I cannot wait to get into. I know. Hopefully it's the same things we were laughing at. <laughs> All right, you guys. Welcome to episode 39. I would love to just dive right in. I am hoping you guys, if you watch this prior to listening to the podcast, that you enjoyed it as much as I did and that Michelle did. Could I get to the storylines, you think? Please do. All right, let's do this. Today, you guys, first we have Second Time Around, written by Tony Webster. Secondly, we have The New Marriage, Teleplay by Ray Jessel. I don't know what that means. And then the story for this is written by Howard Albrecht and Saul Weinstein. I don't know the difference between story teleplay. I don't know what that means. Maybe somebody out there knows and they could fill us in. And then finally, we have My Sister Irene, also written by Tony Webster. Busy man. Yeah, he uh, double duty on this one. Way to go, Tony. And Michelle, these stars, <laughs> we were excited already uh, for, for a couple of them for sure. But I mean, everybody was pretty awesome on this episode, in my opinion. Oh, I think so too. It was like a smaller cast than normal, but like I said, it was star-studded. So let me get into the introductions. Okay, yeah. Who do we have? Well, first and foremost, we have the wonderful Ray Bolger. I love Ray Bolger. He plays Andy Hopkins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Michelle, did you notice his cute little swoop of hair? I did. <laughs> he has that little curl that he does on the top, and I think it's adorable. I do like it. He's adorable. <laughs> he really is. I love Ray Bolger so much. Very likable fella. Then next, I have Phyllis Davis. She played Nancy Bishop. I remember her from back in the time, but like I didn't. When I looked up her information, though, she was in Love American Style and Vegas. And then they had a weird tidbit in there hmm. that she had a relationship with Dean Martin in the 70s. Okay. Well, he was married a few times throughout the 70s, so I'm not sure where that fit in. I thought it was just <laughs> a weird... shock you that Dean Martin... <laughs> no, but it was just a weird thing to mention. And he was likely a lot older than her. Next up, we have Tina Louise. She was awesome. She was great. She played Betty Bricker. Oh, my Doc's God. ex-wife. It was so cool to see one of Doc's, because they always talk about all of his ex-wives. You get to see one of them. It happens to be her. She was outrageously great on this. She's still alive. 89. Oh, my God. We love you, Tina Louise. <laughs> yes. And then next is Peter Marshall as Dr. <laughs> Todd Gardner, also still alive. Yeah. 97. That, that's so awesome. I can't stand it. <laughs> His outfits on the show were insane. Oh my God! His they gold were, chains. Oh, good lord! It was mind blowing what the, the what well, they put when this you, guy. When you're in. a swinger, you gotta dress the part. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> All right, who else is on the show? Uh, Barbara Rush. Okay. She played Eleanor Gardner. Can I say that when she came out at some point when she was dressed up for like the evening, she was like the dream of what a wife would look like, you know? She like was a really pretty. Beautiful, just like perfectly like stunning like lady, you know? She she was really lovely. She and the captain would have made a great couple. Well, they might still. They <laughs> That's alluded true. they alluded to the fact that it <laughs> could true. it could blossom into something. So let's let's not jump to conclusions. It's true. Next up we have another favorite of ours. Yes, who? Lyle Wagner. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lyle Wagner. He was great on this. He's like a unicorn to me. <laughs> He's like this unbelievable human being. And on this episode, too, he has partnered up basically with Tina Louise. He was phenomenal. He really was. It, it was one of the best performances, comedic or otherwise, on the show so far, in my opinion. Lionel Wagner, we have mentioned how much The Carol Burnett Show meant to us growing up as kids. You know, you had Tim Conway, um, Vicki Lawrence. Why Tony am I forgetting? 
Yeah, Harvey Korman. I mean, those two, Tim Conway, Harvey Korman, just loved Beyond Compare and Carol Burnett, obviously. And then Lyle Wagner gets thrown in there sometimes, and he is such a perfect foil. He's so great, but he was so funny on this episode, I thought. He was amazing. And he was also awesome in Wonder Woman, don't forget. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. I love Lyle Wagner. <laughs> and his star wagons. Remember that? Well, you got to tell people because you're the one who told me about this. Oh, like at some point he decided to to buy up the the wagon like the trailers that they used so for smart. for uh, makeup and that the stars would stay in during filming so he bought up a ton and opened up his own company and rented them out to movie sets and stuff shrewd businessman well and- here's the crazy thing huh. once again i'm reading some extra information so he died i think in like 2020 or something oh that's tragic so he had that in another business that was like tied into the wagons mm-hmm. his son sold it for $222 million to another hey, company. He God set his bless. sons up right for the oh rest of their God, lives. That's amazing. I know. Why was Lionel Wagner not my dad? <laughs> oh, I cursed this <laughs> Maybe life. Maybe should take a test. Oh, my. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Get in on that tw- that million that they just made the deal maybe like a year or two ago. So. Nancy Bishop hooked up with Dean Martin. My mom hooked up with Lionel Wagner. Mom, how dare you? You got hair like him. Very nice. <laughs> no, I have hair like our next star, Martha Ray, I thought. <laughs> As I was looking at her hair, I'm like, I think it's kind of similar to her. I was thinking maybe that's a look I should go for in the, when I, in the next 10 years. Please don't. <laughs> Wearing like graduation gowns. and oh then God. Yes, but we have Martha Ray on this episode. Gosh, she was she was awesome too. She's so good. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Her gestures, like her comedic <laughs> gestures, are so funny to me. That it makes me laugh every me single too. time. Me she's too. hysterical, she's, honestly. She's, did you know she was married seven times? I saw that she was married a lot. I didn't know it was seven, but it was like this re- remarkable amount of times. And we all know her last husband. <laughs> Mark Harris. Not a, maybe everyone doesn't. Just the uh, hairdresser. Very questionable relationship. <laughs> I think he was pretty honest about it. I think it was more just companionship for her at the end of her life. Oh well, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's meet everybody and who they are as they arrive, as we always do. First and foremost, first one on the ship, all up by herself, which is very very telling, very foreboding, is Eleanor, and the captain, not Doc, sees her right away. And notices how attractive she is. He swoops in to say hello, see uh, what she needs, if she needs to find her way to the cabin, and uh, invites her on a personal tour. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Captain Stubinger. Oh, I'm Eleanor Gardner. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Have you sailed with us before? Oh, no, no, no. I'm a novice. This is my first cruise. <laughs> Tell me. Do they have organized tours at ports like uh, Mazatlan or Puerto Vallarta? Yes, uh, we can give you that information in the purses lock. Uh, but when we get to port, do you care for a personal escort? Oh, well, well that's very interesting. I'll ask my husband when he comes aboard. Husband. I found the beginning of her storyline slightly confusing. Yeah, me too. This is the only this is the only questionable element of the episode is her relationship with her husband. Uh, that he's like this this super author, you know, touting the the benefits of open marriage, and she doesn't seem interested in it at all. No, and that's really weird, incredibly weird. But this is the thing: I let this all slide, Michelle. <laughs> I, seriously, I really did. Like, I'm like, I gotta let this go. And, and let them kind of explore this, uh, give them the benefit of the doubt as far as this this sort of, you know. Right, because you didn't know which way it was going to go. Like, was she going to accept it or was he going to change his ways? It True. Was, it, was, it was open at that point. True. And, and it was the time, though. I mean, like, it, it, growing up, you know, you always heard her, or like, even later, like, you'd hear things about key parties and all that stuff. And that, like, in the 70s, there was all this sort of, like, behavior that was taking place. And people sort of like testing the bounds of marriage and just being, you know, freaky deaky with each other all over the place. So they're they're concentrating on this. And uh, I thought they did a really kind of a cool job. Uh, she was awesome. Peter Marshall was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Even in that opening scene, the way he was dressed. He had like double gold chains on. Oh, my God. It was so <laughs> like incredible. The one around his neck and then one under his collar, the bigger one. Yes. But it was it was really good because he was being sort of like, you know, 
either intellectual or pseudo intellectual about it and being a, a bit arrogant about all of these things. You know that it's void of emotion, basically. You doing these right. things, and I thought that he, they they handled it kind of pretty accurately and really well. I agree. Who do we have next arriving on the ship? Well, Michelle, <laughs> we have a person we've been waiting for. Miss Martha Ray comes on. She's cute as can be. She's like that ball of energy. You know what I mean? She like really she is. just she, the way that she moves just makes me laugh every single time. It immediately is entertaining, and she comes on happy but nervous because she is about to meet her. It was her love. Was it her, her old college flame? Yes. And it, so much time has passed, and forty she, years. Yes, and she is. Looks <laughs> longer, but forty years. She's freaking out. May I help you, ma'am? Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm Irene Austin. Oh, Mrs. Austin, you're on the promenade deck, cabin three forty-six, and your friend Mr. Hopkins will be in three forty-eight. Um, Mr. Hopkins hasn't checked in. Not yet. No. Oh, good. I have some time to make some major repairs. <laughs> you repairs? You look wonderful. For an older woman. I don't know why that Annie taught me this crazy idea in the first place. Pardon me? He's expecting the Irene Austin that he knew in college. That's 40 years ago. You haven't seen him since then? Well, we've kept in touch. Christmas cards, letters. When Annie found out about my divorce, he wrote and suggested that we meet again. Here. Mm, that's what I call romantic. <laughs> <laughs> but what if he doesn't recognize me? Mrs. Austin, he's 40 years older, too. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know he could be a bald-headed old man with a, with a pot belly. <laughs> yeah. And then we are very excited because we are going to meet one of Doc's four <laughs> ex-wives. And she arrives, the lovely Tina Louise. And I don't know, did he know that she was coming on with a potential fiancé? No. Again, this one was slightly confusing, too, because I didn't quite understand what her end game was. No, she says what it was. She wanted to win Doc back. Oh, did she? I, I I thought okay. Yeah, no, she that that was the plan. That's why she she was with him because she had hired him as oh, a as I missed a, that. Oh God, it's the major. <laughs> no, it is because I I was thinking like what what is happening? Yeah, no, she hired Lyle Wagner. Yeah, Lyle Wagner, Lance, <laughs> <laughs> Lance Wilson as as her fake fiance to make Doc jealous mm -hmm. and to, you know, kind of speed up maybe those two getting back together. And it it works like a charm. Julie Gopher, I'd like you to meet my XXXX wife, the incomparable Betty Bricker. How do you do? Hi, how do? So nice, nice to meet you. Well, it won't be Bricker much longer. Adam, I'd like you to meet the incomparable Lance Wilson, my betrothed. <laughs> Believe me, darling, it wasn't easy to replace you, but then Lance came along, and he's so immensely wealthy and successful, and of course, when it came to looks, there was no comparison. <laughs> uh, welcome aboard, Lance. Well, thanks, guys. And gal. <laughs> well, I guess we should go to our cabin, Lancey baby. Hey, mm -hmm. no sense in you tiring those pretty little legs of yours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she sees in him. Yeah, he's nothing. Tall, dark, handsome, debonair, gorgeous. Yeah, he's nothing. <laughs> oh, I was wrong. Michelle, this stuff with, with Bernie Covell, Doc, I loved it so much. It was crazy. Because you see him, like painful because he doesn't like this he's kind of jealous he's upset by the whole thing but it's played so flawlessly like funny but kind of serious funny and that's what i love about the show where it isn't like you know like real actual whatever but he's playing it for real he is if that makes any sense it i does. hope i hope that that makes he's sense. a good actor as a, as an adult rewatching this He's a really good actor on this show. Oh, it's, he was so great. And th they all were so good. There are so many funny parts between did, all of them. <laughs> did you notice once again, like, was this a big thing in the 70s? What's that? That you owned hospitals? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because, again, <laughs> that is, because didn't Rue McClanahan own a hospital, too? Yeah, she was part, yeah. <laughs> they all, like, own hospitals. And then... He owned four. Well, I mean, that was fake, but still, just that they use that as his, like, source of income. <laughs> so I thought that was odd that that came up again. So the heavy element of this episode is really the couple. 
the couple, the author who has written a book about open marriage, and he's on the ship with his wife. They were just on just to, to go on the cruise, right? He I, wasn't giving a speak, a speaking tour or anything no, like that. No, I think they were just, just on the cruise to, to, to be on the cruise together. And so they're they're in the cabin, and they're, they're, you can see that there are issues, kind of problems in a way. Uh, it's a little confusing because he's so cavalier about everything, and she is obviously not cool with all of this. And that's what's just so strange. It took a little time to get past it because it's like, why would you be with a man if right. you're not down with open marriage? That that's what his his whole deal is, and he's know, making his income from writing books about it. Approach to life, right? And so they're having kind of a, not necessarily a heart-to-heart, but sort of a strained conversation. There seem to be some very attractive people on board. We should meet them. I'm already married to a very attractive man. Well, thank you. Besides, I have a confession to make. I brought my date with me. You did? Mm Mm-hmm. Ernest Hemingway, we've been having an affair for years, so you see. I don't need any new affairs. Is that your oblique way of saying you think I want to have an affair? Look, Eleanor, let me try and explain one last time. When I wrote about open marriage, it was just a theory. A way to help couples circumvent the unnatural restrictions of monogamy and deepen their love for one another by enriching their own lives. Since that time, I've seen it work. I, I've helped a lot of couples stay together. You've had a lot of failures, too. Ah, that's part of the theory. If a marriage doesn't work out, it wasn't meant to be. I'm happy with you. Aren't you happy with me? Of course I am. I just don't see how it could could hurt us to try some new relationships. <laughs> I know you believe in what you're saying, so I'm not going to stand in your way. But as for me, I'll stick with my old relationships. Ernest and you. So hotsy totsy, Michelle. Yes. She takes a break from Dean Martin. <laughs> And she comes waltzing to the pool and she knows him or, you know, like she's aware of him and his book. Right. Yeah. Because isn't she like a psychology major or something? Don't ask me. I don't know. <laughs> Writing her dissertation on something. But yes, she's aware of his books and who he is. Yeah. And she like like hones in on him. Does not care that the wife is there. Well, because that's his whole spiel, I, I guess. guess. Yeah. <laughs> but still, you might want to size up what the partner is like and realize she's not right. happy with it, but she does not care at all. He doesn't either. Well, hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor is Dan. Oh, the book. What did you, uh, what did you think of it? I'm always interested in a lay opinion. <laughs> well, you won't get one from me. I'm a psych major. I'm doing postgraduate work on the sexual revolt of the 70s. And you think my book is revolting? (laughs) Don't tell me my idol has clay feet. Mm, Oh, just cold feet. Uh, Tell me, uh, how do I, um, how do I get up enough nerve to ask you to dinner? Are you nervous? Oh, I get it, your wife, right? Oh, no, no, that's not it at all. I'm free to practice what I preach. Well, doctor, what you need is a little less preaching and a little more practice. Why don't you give me a six for cocktails? Six for cocktails. Also at the pool during all this. A glorious tall man in a brand new bathing suit. A two-piece bathing suit. Matching two-piece bathing suit. (laughs) He looked so great. Legs for miles. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) (laughs) He had really nice legs. Tommy Toon legs, yeah. But he comes waltzing in. It, it, just the way he plays this as like a totally narcissistic actor. <laughs> yeah. it, it, just so obsessed with his own performance, how good he is as an actor. and It's so awesome. It was so enjoyable to me. And Tina Louise was great, too, because she was really pleasant through it. And I don't know. This was just one of my most favorite I think, scenarios uh, that we've seen so far. Yeah, I like him going through his list of things that he purchased for himself <laughs> on her dollar. Yeah, he's buying <laughs> all kinds of stuff, and he's enjoying himself. She draws the line at the fancy watch. Hey. Hey, nice bathing suit. Thank you. I bought it in the men's shop. All I did was sign your name. <laughs> I'm not made of money. Nobody in theater expects an actor to supply his own wardrobe. <laughs> Oh, well. It's just a bathing suit. And a new tuxedo and dress shirt. Glance! I bought the bow tie. Oh. Oh, by the way, we're having dinner at the captain's table tonight. 
Eight o'clock sharp. Really? Mm-hmm. I wonder what time it is now. A watch, too? That's a very important problem. Take it back. What's my motivation? My motivation is if you don't take it back, I'm going to break both your legs. That works for me. <laughs> Now, you know, Michelle, there is something else that is mildly confusing, though, on this episode. And I still I give this like the highest of ratings, you know, across the board is that Martha Ray is freaking out because she's she's concerned that she looks too old, that that she just she isn't, I guess, good enough for this person that she's meeting. And you can understand being nervous if you haven't seen somebody for 40 years. That would be pretty stress inducing. Definitely. But she goes so far as to then pretend that she's not herself. Nope, she pretends to be her sister, Althea. <laughs> Another old-timey name. And it was really confusing because they were right next to each other. They had, like, adjoining cabins. Right. So it's just, like, it was pretty implausible. And But I think they actually played this pretty well because you think that he knows up front, but then, it, 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 you know, as time goes on, it seems as if he's he's completely been fooled by her Mm -hmm. but initially she completely creates this sister character andy may i talk to you oh uh, sure andy there's something i have to tell you if you're not irene austin you're close enough to be her sister that's what i want to tell you i'm um i'm her older sister althea (laughs) i didn't know irene had a sister oh brothers sisters she's got them all (laughs) well uh althea uh how come irene didn't make the crew well she just changed her mind she decided to to go back to her ex-husband i get the picture oh but she's sorry she's really sorry well you tell irene no hard feelings i hope she's very happy. I'll tell her. I'll, I'll tell her. I'll also tell her she's an idiot. <laughs> Michelle, they're all getting ready for dinner mm. shortly after all of this. And the thing that I noticed especially, maybe is another reason why I enjoyed this episode so much, because we have been very critical about the cuisine on these cruises, <laughs> I have right? <laughs> The food actually looked good on this cruise. For French night or France yeah, night? Yeah, like all the time. Like they had like all kinds of stuff. Like they had sort of like appetizer type or whatever that is, finger food or something. That looked good. The desserts looked good. And the regular food looked legitimate. And full on mime waiters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like they even had. They dressed like mimes. Fun people like, like uh, you know, serving this good looking food to everybody. So that was actually enjoyable to me. Like I was enjoying. Every element of this cruise. I did too. I was like, that was nice. Sometimes it's fiesta, but I like the French theme. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Well, the French thing, I think, is like they're tying it into the whole, like, you know, freewheeling, open sexuality kind of and stuff like that. Like it's French inspired. That was my take on it, really. But that's the thing. They're all gussied up for dinner. I've already mentioned the one woman looking very, very lovely as sort of some sort of classic ideal of what a wife, a lovely wife, would look like. Her gown was very stunning. Oh, she looked great. And Marshall puts on the only non-groovy clothing, I think, that he wears on the entire (laughs) cruise. He's good to go. She thinks that they're going out to dinner, but he has made other plans. Hi, honey. Glad to see you finally got out of the cabin. Well, I was going to go into the the lounge for a drink. Look, how about you buy me a margarita? Good looking. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I already have a day for cocktails. How? I'll, I'll, I'll cancel if you want. An open marriage has to be a two-way street. I mean, there's no point. No, no, no that's, that's, that's all right. You go ahead. Thanks. I was counting on your support. What about dinner? Us? No, I mean, you and the girl, silly. Well, well, you go ahead. I'll be fine. You sure? Of course. That's my girl. <laughs> You're the best. I thought this was really sad. I did too. And it was really upsetting to me. And it, it, this is where it got real for me and where like I immediately let go of the whole implausibility because he wasn't being 
totally jerkish. He was like offering, well, I could cancel plans and we could whatever, like to where he really was a guy who believed like this could all work. You know what I mean? You could still have a a marriage, but at the same time, you're going to go out and, you know, whatever, be with other people. But he should have stuck to his original plan, like where he was just going to have drinks with her and then he should have had dinner with his wife. He should have split his time up better. Yeah, but she also should have been more assertive yeah i mean like you can't just let it go and then be be bummed out because that's exactly what's going to happen you know you have to stand your ground and you have to say that i'm not happy with this she's trying to trust the process i guess so and that's that's where like where the way that they handle these things i am impressed with because life and relationships and everything get very complicated and they really do take on a lot of these things in kind of these sitcommy ways but they are taking on like the complexity of marriage adoption you know having being a parent a lot of really serious stuff and this was kind of i thought like an interesting different perspective on things i thought so too yeah and them tackling that was was really cool and the same thing with the martha ray ray bulger thing (laughs) all of it was Mm -hmm. awesome to me honestly as you all know, I love Captain Steubing. And once again, he comes to the rescue. Yes. He uh, sees Eleanor sitting by herself at the table, very weepy, walks past. Like I think he says a little something to her, then he goes to his table. But he, he is, keeps looking at her, yeah. concerned. And he, he becomes this uh, literal shoulder to cry on for mm-hmm. her. And throughout this is just obviously the, the, the man that she really wants in her life. Right. He's caring. He's thoughtful obviously a good man because he ultimately won't do anything with her because she's married he's a gentleman he is a gentleman is there anything i can do do i see what's happening i just thought you might like someone to talk to a shoulder to cry on even though it is the shoulder of a stranger oh thank you captain oh you've got it all wrong I, uh, I'm encouraging my husband to, to see that young woman. He, he thinks, um, somehow it will help our marriage. And, uh, somehow he really believes in what he's doing. Maybe he does. I don't. This was cute too. That um, Martha Ray and Ray Bolger were dancing. They're dancing really good together on the dance floor. Well, I was going to ask you, like, if you knew anything about it, because you know, I would assume everybody out there has seen. I mean, it was a big deal for us as kids. It would come on specially. I think I've mentioned this too at Easter time. The Wizard of Oz. Right. Ray Bolger, notoriously an amazing performance as the Scarecrow. His physical movements and his ability, you know, physically, it are pretty outstanding Mm -hmm. and I was just wondering was he known as like a dancer do you know that at all I don't know but but just like what you just said the way he moved on the Wizard of Oz and everything would would lead me to believe that he probably was well it's extra special that's not like normal sort of ability that what what he did on that and I just I wouldn't I wasn't surprised that he would be a good dancer they were kind of showcasing that a little bit and it was really kind of nice I thought those the two older people dancing really nicely and during this, they're they're really enjoying each other's company. Although she is still playing up this whole thing where she's the the sister and and not herself. And then this is where I got I was believing that he was believing her. Me too. Yeah. And then he starts. He says that he has the pin that he gave her in college. He was going to repin her on the cruise. Yeah, and she kind of didn't want it, but then he does it anyway. Right. Irene told me what a wonderful dancer you were. She's a wonderful girl. There's only one Irene. Uh, what else did she tell you about me? Well, she told me about the night you pinned her at your fraternity house. And she also told me what happened at the lake. Later. <laughs> you know, uh, after Irene got married, she sent my fraternity pin back to me. Uh, it may sound silly, but I was hoping... Uh, I could pin it on her again. May I see it, please? 
You know, everybody's acting on this is actually seemingly working. You know, Martha Ray seems to be fooling Ray Bolger and <laughs> Tina Louise and her actor uh, fiance mm-hmm. are really fooling Doc. And he's at the bar watching them, uh, enjoying themselves, and he's very upset. <laughs> and this is, you know, the scenes with him are just honestly some of the funniest. And he's completely. <laughs> confiding in Gopher and Isaac uh, that, that that what they think is not really uh, what it's all cracked up to be. Why'd she have to bring him here? Free country. Hey, Doc, being divorced from Betty hasn't slowed you down up till now. You guys, you think of me as this sophisticated, extremely charming man that all the women go wild for, but really... A lonely wretch who spends his life wondering why he can't keep the love of a good woman. There was a time when I thought Betty and I could last forever. But then... You started dating some blonde. How'd you find out about that? Wait here, darling. You know how Lance is quietly powerful? You're noisily lecherous. Hey, Betty. Here's your drink. Oh... Thank you, Isaac. I really need it. Mm. Lance is just dancing my feet off. Betty, where did we go wrong? Oh, darling, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Michelle, when Tina Louise comes up and just says, you know, oh, who cares? <laughs> Honestly, I was laughing out loud. It was so funny to me. And Bernie Covell's reactions and the way that he delivers his lines are just incredible to me. I thought they were really good together as like a, a couple, like an acting couple. As we're well aware of from the last episode and his dealings with Los Compadres, the captain is very, very well-versed in Puerto Vallarta. Yes. <laughs> he knows all, all the nooks and crannies, all the good places, and all the good 25-piece mariachi bands. And where the best margaritas are. Yes. So he is trying his hardest to entice this sad, sad wife into enjoying herself. And not just wallowing in the sadness of, you know, what's taking place in her marriage. And he he is finally successful, right? Right, he is. He convinces her after a little singing to accompany him to Puerto Vallarta. Thanks for bailing me out. Well, it's always a pleasure to have breakfast with a beautiful lady. Yeah, I've never lied to Todd before, but suddenly last night it just seemed very important to say I had a date. I understand perfectly. Right now, it's very important for me to say that I have a date to tour Puerto Vallarta this afternoon. (laughs) Oh, Meryl, I just feel I'm using you to get back at my husband. Well, maybe I'm using you. Maybe I'm taking advantage of a time when, when you're confused and upset. Or maybe we're just two people who'd like to hear some good Mexican music. Does that mean yes? Or do I have to give you a free sample? <laughs> la cucaracha, la cucaracha. Sing no matter where you are. Good. La cucaracha, la cucaracha. Play it on your boat guitar. <laughs> yes, yes, I'd love to. Michelle, you know what I like too? Like sometimes they go, th- this episode was so great to me because then it gives you like this this understanding of the ship because they do like this B-roll kind of shot on the outside. People are just wandering around and then it pans over to the window with like ferns or something in the window, like plants. Oh, yeah. And that's Doc's office, you know? <laughs> that's right. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. So you're like, oh, he's on like the main floor. That's where he normally is. And inside of his office, he is futzing around with Tina Louise's eye. <laughs> I can understand that. There. That feels good. I mean, how does that feel? (laughs) I always get what the doctor says and what the patient says mixed up. It feels wonderful. How does this feel? Like old times. Oh, Betty, I've missed you. It was hard breaking up. Yeah. 
just dividing up the china and the silverware took days. Did we make a mistake? I know I did. I took the knives and the forks, and now I haven't got any cups and saucers. Be serious, Penny. Maybe... Maybe we should... Maybe we should what? What's going on here? I was just taking something out of her eye. As a doctor, I take things out of ladies' eyes all the time. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe so. But that's not just any eye. That eye happens to be engaged to me. But take it easy. Look, buddy, you may be good at taking things out of eyes, but my specialty is putting things into eyes, namely my fist. Adam, let me talk to him. Well, somebody better talk to him. Or I may just have to punch his lights out. Oh, yeah. What do you think you're doing? Playing the part of a jealous lover. I thought it came off pretty well, didn't you? You're ruining everything. You see, I was trying to combine the characters of Cary Grant in one of his light comedies with Charles Bronson in Death Wish. You were marvelous. Thank you. Now will you please leave? But I haven't finished the scene. An actor has to finish the scene. Otherwise, it's like telling Lady Macbeth, forget the part about stabbing the king. Hmm. All right, Lance. We'll both go. Well, I'm glad you understand. Because if Lady Macbeth doesn't stab the king, she is nothing but an ordinary dissatisfied housewife. What I found great and funny at the same time is then Lyle Wagner comes busting in like the jealous fiancé. It was so great. He's threatening to fight Doc. <laughs> it was so awesome. I love the whole thing. But that's the thing where he starts going too far and she, she at the end got upset with him. Because well, she it, was just about to hook back up with Doc, yeah. and then he ruined it. Yeah, it, it it was working really, really well. No, that was so funny though. That's the thing is like Lyle Magner plays it so great. <laughs> he seemed too tall for the ship. He's a really tall guy, yeah, right? It seemed like it. I mean, just as like I said, his legs in that swimsuit, but it always seemed like he had to almost kind of like duck down oh, a did. little bit every time he'd walk through a door. And no, I think he's like a six foot four guy or something. I think he is a really, really super tall guy. He looked tall. Michelle, the things that we enjoy, too, on the show sometimes is the acting that takes place without any speaking whatsoever. Because in the situation with Martha Ray mm-hmm. and Ray Bolger, Julie is invested. Yes. And she's concerned much the way the captain is normally concerned with her or with certain other people on the ship. So she she knows what's happening. She understands the scenario and she is absolutely trying to help when she can to make this relationship happen between the two of them. Right. So she's watching these guys. They're dancing. Everybody's enjoying them as a couple. And it's working so well that uh, Ray proposes and. It doesn't go the way that... I felt so bad for him when she ran away. You and Julie, because Julie's (laughs) expression changes very rapidly when Martha Ray reacts the way that she does. I love dancing with you. You do? I love being with you. I love everything about you. I guess your plan worked. I've forgotten all about Irene. You have. What's there to remember? A woman I barely knew 40 years ago. We exchanged a few letters, a few phone calls. But you, I love to dance. We love the same food. We love to travel. You and I have a life together. Marry me, Althea. I love you. But what about Irene? I don't care if I ever see her again. Now guys, on the ship, Everyone's acting is working flawlessly to where things are going the direction that everybody wanted. And one other thing goes a little too well, Mm. and that is the relationship between Peter Marshall and his super fan. Now, Michelle, we've discussed this together, and I think you didn't realize this. I do believe that when Peter Marshall takes this woman out to dinner, uh, things go (laughs) exactly the way that uh, uh, certain dates are intended to go. 
You mean they made Whoopi? They did. I think I, I, I'm almost 100% sure that they You're did. You're probably right. I guess I just didn't want to believe it. Yes, because he comes home super late. She's still up. It's four in the morning. And the way that they talk later in the show, it's as if like, you know, what we shared together, you know, she, she does this sort of like interesting pause. They don't say it outright. but No, but I also was thinking, too, if they did do it, why would he be completely tuxed? His tux was like still perfect. His tie was perfect. Everything was like perfect. You just kind of come back with. Well, like, what are you gonna do? Come back with like no pants? Well, on. No, your tie would be untied or something. Details. Yeah, I don't know. He's a dashing guy. He he was all about but his clothes. On regardless, this he was with this woman till four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but then these two meet up, and we actually had our fan and former guest Stacy message us about this episode, and I didn't understand at first, but then I did. That my favorite candle holder. <laughs> Is, I saw it. Yes, is in the Pirates Cove when these two get together and uh, things go south. We even dance great together. I guess that clinches it. Clinches what? Our relationship, silly. But I can think of a better way of clinching it. <laughs> I have such wonderful plans for us as soon as you're free of Eleanor. What do you mean? I have no intention of being free of Eleanor. Now, you understood that from the beginning. Yeah, but haven't things changed now that we have what we have? No. I began this relationship knowing that it would strengthen the way I feel about my wife. Well, what do I get out of it? Well, like you said, what we have. I see. You really believe all that junk you write. Oh, well, of course I do. Well, I'll tell you something, Todd. In theory, it's great, but well, when you're personally involved, it hurts. Nancy, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you allow yourself to experience the pain and and don't suppress your feelings. Do you understand what I mean, dear? Mm-hmm. Todd. Yeah? Suppress this. <laughs> Yeah, so Michelle, this woman thought that now they were going to be together. Yeah, she was falling in love with him, which was totally not what his book was about. It was just kind of like about like having flings. Yeah, and he's just maintaining that, no, no, this is just one of those things. I didn't understand his philosophy exactly. It just proved that it really doesn't work because people get emotionally invested and then right. they get jealous and they have expectations. And well, it, I think that was the whole point because it, it's not going as he expected it to go where it was going to strengthen his marriage. And Yes. And Stacy also mentioned, and now I understand, that it was a complete waste of a perfectly good martini. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because you dumped always, it in his yes. lap. <laughs> Between that and people always walking away from you their... hate the waste of alcohol. I do. Well, the, the drinks look so good. Yeah, and well, then they walk away from them. Well, sometimes when you're mad, I mean, maybe you know, better use a alcoholic beverage as a weapon than something. Chug else. it and then go. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, while we were talking earlier, I was uh, looking up Lyle Wagner's height. Yes, six foot three and a half. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty tall. Not Peter Isaacson tall, but tall. Yes. May as well jump into the rest of his storyline. He had an excellent scene with Doc in his cabin. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know when you're always lobbying for people to get an Emmy? You know what I mean? Like for decades past. Yes. I think he should have gotten one for this because he was so funny. He was so great in this role. I love that they made this character and... He was perfectly cast Just for this. So full of himself and his great acting, and then then Jock's trying to like one up him with like his acting in <laughs> King Lear. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, so great. But it's basically where he reveals, like he he just divulges to Doc that like he he was acting the entire time to to you know get him to be jealous and go back with his ex. And he also reveals that he's falling in love with Tina Louise for real. Yeah, it, it dawns on him at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lance, just a moment. There's something I want to say to you. Oh, now wait, before you say what you want to say to me, there's something that I want to say to you. Come in. Me first. No, me first. I'd like it's to just my cabin. <laughs> All right, I can't argue with that. Okay. I've been watching you and Betty. And she'd probably marry you again, only it wouldn't last. Because you're from two different worlds. 
And when two people are from two different worlds and living in one world, that's a total of three worlds for only two people, leaving a surplus of one world. That's interesting. You like it? That's what Claude Rains said to John Garfield when John Garfield wanted to marry Claude Rains' daughter, Rosemary Lane. But of course, it's not exactly what Claude Rains said. As a serious actor, I like to improvise. That way I can bring some of myself to the parts that I play. You're an actor? <laughs> How else could I recreate Claude Rains right before your very eyes? That takes years of study with the finest teachers. Of course, Betty was looking for the best actor she could find to play the part of her fiancé. Oh, I think you're the most marvelous actor I've ever seen. <laughs> there is Olivier, you know, for the older parts. Being such a great actor, do you suppose you could play the part of a funeral director? Well, I suppose so. Why? Because I'm going to kill Betty. Such <laughs> a hair on her head. I love that woman. Oh, what movie is that from? I don't think it's from any movie. I must really love her. Yes, I do. I definitely love her. What good's that going to do me? She loves you. She only hired me to make you jealous. Well, wanting to make me jealous doesn't prove she loves me. Just the same as being jealous doesn't prove I love her. But I do love her enough to want to help her. Maybe I can help all of us. How? I used to do a little acting myself. In fact, some people thought I was one of the finest 15-year-old King Lear's they ever saw. <laughs> Needs work. Wait, Michelle, like Doc now is going to go into his fake acting to let her down easy because he cares about her still. But Doc goes into total full-on soap opera character. Very dramatic. Where he tells her what, that he's married? And he has four kids or something. <laughs> One is like an architect who can't dig because he's got a bad back. <laughs> and all of those jokes were very funny. They were old-timey jokes, but they were really good in the way that they, the context that they were delivered made it extra funny in it was my so opinion. so far-fetched, though. The fact that she bought it was crazy to me. <laughs> it was great, though. But that's what was so great about the whole thing because it was serious but not. Right. And I think that they like almost like invented that or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it was really, really good. And he's he's doing that for her benefit, so she uh, doesn't feel rejected and hurt. Right. Oh, Betty. I've been thinking about what went wrong with us, and I think it's because I was probably never very honest with you. I haven't exactly been very honest with you. No, you've been honest. But I'm still not honest. And honesty is the best policy. So I'm going to be honest. Honestly. Hmm? Yes. I'm married again. You what? And my wife's pregnant. And there are three little ones by her first marriage. And I'm supporting her brother because he's unemployable. He's an archaeologist who can't dig because of his bad back. And you're poor wife. Oh, she gets a lot of help from her arthritic mother when she isn't falling out of a wheelchair. With all your troubles, Adam. We usually renew our faith in mankind and one another by going bowling. If you'll excuse me, uh, I don't want Lance to see us together again and get upset. Thanks for being honest. <sighs> Dr. Todd and Eleanor's plotline, storyline, took a turn I was not expecting. Me neither. Because it's the love boat. But it was really good. It was really good. So after her time with, with, with the captain, I think she just realized there are better people out there for her. And that's the thing. It never goes further with them. She wasn't ready to do that. She wasn't ready to... to she and was still the, committed to her marriage, and he is respectful of that. I was going to say, he's a gentleman, and he will not take it to the next level as much as he would like it to be. Yeah. and But it gives her, like you said, that time to, to realize that... She wants a divorce. Oh, you're in early. How was your evening? Wonderful. Good. I knew once you overcame your fears, this experiment would work. Don't you want to know how it is with Nancy and me? Not really. Well, it's over. I'm sure that pleases you. But the point is... It was a freeing experience, a personal growth, something I can bring to 
enrich our marriage. Todd, there's no marriage to enrich. Huh? I want a divorce. But even when she said it, because it's the love vote, I thought at some point they were going to have some kind of heart-to-heart. Her and Peter Marshall? Yeah, and work it out. But that is not the case. Hmm. No, I didn't think that. I just, I was surprised like you were of the way that this went. And he, he was he was blindsided. He thought this was all just going to keep going the way that it was. Everything mm-hmm. was going to be fine. And he was not prepared. Like his gold chains hit the floor. Yes, they did. <laughs> You know, like uh, I was saying, Michelle, the thing that was confusing a bit about the Martha Ray storyline is just that she kind of took things pretty far. Mm -hmm. And then I felt that Ray Bolger then took it even further than he had to because he was all the while aware that this was her. But he plays it so far that when he was proposing to her sister... Uh, he said something that was kind of hurtful, like, I, I, I don't care if, about Irene anymore. I don't care if I see her ever again. And then she was hurt. She was. But then again, she's the one that said Irene went back to her Rowan, husband. I and I think he was just trying to push her to the limit to admit that she was lying and that she was Irene and not Althea. Well, that did totally work. It did. And then like a couple of teenagers, <laughs> I don't know, one of them calls the other one. I think he called her on the phone, even though he's in the cabin next door. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they have their big reveal. Hello. Andy, this is Althea. Are you all right? Yes. What? You didn't give me an answer. Will you marry me? I can't, Andy. Why? I just can't. It wouldn't be fair. I don't understand. I'm sorry, Andy. I love you, Andy. I love you, too. Irene. You do? ever forget the face of the only woman I ever loved. But I'm, I'm not the young girl you knew in college. Those, those years. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And in my eyes, you're the most beautiful woman in the whole Michelle, did you like where it was like he was in Boca, like kind of blurred out in the background when he opens the door from their adjoining cabins? I did like that. (laughs) (laughs) And they were really cute together. I I thought thought they were great together. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And like you said earlier, her... Her facial expressions and her oh her, her comedic- physical humor is was so good. Remember when he was on the on the deck and he was like exercising, doing these old man calisthenics, <laughs> yeah. and then she tries to do it, and then she's like, "Nope." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> her little hand gestures—they're so funny. And at that part, just now where where they're kissing, and Julie comes in to try and cheer her up, where she's pointing to get out of the room. <laughs> do you think that's where my hand gestures come from, Martha? <laughs> you have so many old timey <laughs> like like uh, mannerisms. I watched a lot of TV as a Child. And as you said, you were raised by older people. Your grandparents had a big influence on your life. But those people were the greatest. I mean, that older generation were hilarious and they, they gave it their all physically they really to make did. people laugh and to entertain people. And that's why we love them so much. Mm-hmm. At this point, you know, some not so nice, but everybody has kind of like uh, resolved their situations, both for better and for worse. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I hated to say goodbye <laughs> on this episode because I enjoyed it so much. I know. But everyone's getting ready to leave. And uh, Swinger Man, yeah, comes strutting out. Tries one more time to hook back up. Well, he thinks everything's going to be cool, I think, still. This guy thinks everything's just going to go his way. And he bumps into or he sees his his fling, and she lets him have it. Oh, Nancy. Uh, Hi, honey. 
Can I uh, give you a lift into town? You mean, can you and Eleanor give me a lift? Eleanor? No, no, Eleanor's leaving me. Oh, well, like you always say, if a marriage doesn't work out, that's the way it was meant to be, right, Todd? Does that hurt? Well, good, because I want you to feel it, experience it. Don't suppress it. Bye, Todd. After that diss, two people that aren't dissing each other, Martha Ray and Ray Bolger, they had a cute little goodbye. Yeah, they're really happy. They're together. You know, he's aware that that's her and she's aware that he knows. Right. And they just have like a classic, really nice goodbye. Well, hi, Julie. It's been quite a cruise. It sure has. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for everything, Bova. You bet. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks for sailing with us. Oh, pleasure. still haven't answered my question. Do I look as good as I did when we were in college? Do I? Now listen here, young lady. I don't want you to say, do I? I want you to say, I do. I do. I do. (laughs) As much as I appreciate the scenario between the captain and Peter Marshall's wife, once again, the captain loses out again. I know you said that there's an they allude to that maybe down the road they will get back together when she's divorced. But I thought they had a really nice ending together as well. Perhaps we'll have a chance to spend more time together now that you'll be... Perhaps we can. But whatever happens, whatever becomes of us, let's promise ourselves one thing. What's that? We'll be friends first. I don't know. We'll be friends first, last, and always. You gotta keep in mind, Michelle, he's the captain of a ship. I know. So everything is a bit more complicated for the captain. He's made that choice in his life. I know. So the fact that it is open-ended and the fact that she is just not ready to dive into a relationship at this point is something that he can handle. She felt free. She looked free as she walked off that ship. She looked happy for the first time this whole cruise. And you have to remember this, too, that every single member of our crew that we love so much, their main goal in life is to make people happy. Right. So that is their priority, and that's exactly what he did. He helped this woman, this wonderful woman, through a very difficult time in her life. And that that is something that is going to make him feel happy and proud. And then you never know True. when they're going to get back together and maybe see if that doesn't uh, blossom into some other bigger relationship. Would be nice. Yes, it would. They made a good-looking couple. But we're not done. My main man... Lyle Wagoner, <laughs> one of the greatest <laughs> uh, comedic leading mans of all time. He comes down in a brand new suit, <laughs> a crazy suit, pattern suit, <laughs> and wild tie and some other thing. And she thinks that he bought that because he had been spending all his her, her money the entire time. But right. in reality, he bought the suit. They not only say goodbye, he says a bit more. Like my new suit? If you charge that to my account, I'm going to bring you. I pay for it myself. Oh. I wanted something special for my big exit scene. Oh, am I going to need a handkerchief? Is it like I'm gone with the wind? Oh, no. No, this is a scene I'm going to improvise on the spot. Oh. A scene where I take you in my arms. Hmm. Tell you that I love you. Oh. Ask you to marry me. Hmm. And then kiss you. Stuff. You're a wonderful actor. Who was acting? Now, Michelle, I think that they really did something unusual on this. We have given the love boat a hard time, and deservedly so, that they just have people fall in love within five seconds of meeting one another. And the fact that these two being together in the way that they were, her hiring him and all of that, and it leading to the fact that they realize that they do actually really love one another, I thought was really kind of cool and unusual. It definitely was something different for the love boat as the scenario. Yeah, and I thought it was really like kind of fun, but also skillfully handled. 
And also with Martha Ray and Ray Bulger as two people who hadn't seen each other for a long time. I thought that that was nice, too. No, I agree. It was all plausible, all the situations. And, and like I said, I was pleasantly surprised with the divorce going yeah. through. Yeah, honestly, they handled that really well, yeah. too. So, it, it was such a great episode because it was fun. It was super funny. I was laughing all the way throughout. I give this a 10 out of 10. <laughs> all right, so we need to get a cruise together. We need to start working on this. And as soon as fall hits, things will slow down for me. And then I can start giving things like that some real actual thought. Hashtag Pacific Princess. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I guess then it's time to set sail on another episode of Love in the Love Boat. Yeah. So hope to see you guys all back here for the next episode. Uh, Until then, I am Ishvan. I'm Michelle. Captain Stubing, Captain Stubing, please come to the bridge. And we are Love in the the Love Boat. Boat.